Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Eric from Strength Camp San Francisco in Daly City, California. What's up, Eric? How are you today? Pretty good, Bree. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. All right. So let's jump right to the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the backstory there? Right. So I graduated college in 2018 and I was studying to be a physical therapist or go to physical therapy school Mm -hmm. um, for the like the four years that I was in college. And I worked as a trainer at the time. But when I graduated, um, I was applying to the physical therapy schools and I was thinking, man, I don't know if I want to go, you know, another three years of school, paid hundreds of thousands of dollars um, to work in a hospital or, you know, rehab setting. So um, I was thinking as I was working as a trainer and applying to schools, man, uh, physical therapists don't make a whole lot of money. If I just scale up this personal training thing a little bit, you know, harder than I can make a comparable salary and be in an environment that I like, which is a training environment. So as, um, as I just started working more as a trainer and applying to physical therapy schools, I was like, Oh, I think um, I think I'd rather open a gym because it's building a business around my lifestyle, and there's more potential, and I wouldn't have to go through three more years of school to do that. So that's um, 20, I think 19 after I graduated college was when I decided to pull out of physical therapy school and really just pursue and learn everything I need to learn to open a gym. Okay, awesome. So I mean, since 2019, so it's been. When, when in 2019 was that? Has it been like two and a half years? Are we approaching three years? Um, so 2019 was like one year after I graduated college or like six months after I graduated. And I put in my okay. application to school and then I got into school actually. And I was like, I, I need to pull out of school because I'm going to do this um, gym thing. So I saved money and um, learned from other gyms about how to open a gym. And I wasn't able to actually open my own gym for business until um, a year and a half later, like 2020 November. Oh, okay. Awesome. All right. Well, good for you for, you know, making that decision and then making it happen. You know, most people would have just kind of taken that safe route of school, you know, and, and just kind of gone that route and, and maybe never actually gotten into owning their own business. So that's awesome. Good for you for taking that step and, you know, knowing what you wanted to do and making it happen, especially during that time, you know, that's a wild time to be opening a gym. So good for you. Yeah, I remember, um, I remember I worked in college and I was a trainer. So I had trainer friends that were also trying to go to physical therapy school. And they're like, oh, I think I kind of want to open the gym too. But most of them ended up just going to school. Right. Um, yeah, but I think they're pretty happy with that decision too. Yeah, good. That's good. Awesome. Okay, so now what does your business model look like currently? Are you doing group classes, semi-privates, one-on-ones? How do you structure things within your facility? Uh, for the most part, we have group classes. Um, where we're teaching strength and conditioning. So that's going to be our, um, we're able to project that number very easily because, okay, they're on the monthly recurring revenue. And we know that if they don't, you know, quit the membership, we'll have this much coming in next month. So that's tremendously helpful. Um, But we also have a little bit of one-on-one. It's not, we don't have like a whole lot of one-on-one clients for the most part, but um, we do have probably like eight to 12 sessions during the week from our other trainers. Um, and we do strongman training here is kind of what our unique thing is. So we'll do strongman on the weekends in a small group um, setting. But we're trying to incorporate more. Um, we're trying to like launch challenges and whatnot too, because I just read the gym launch book. 
Um, so like, okay, we need to find other ways to get, you know, revenue. That's not just the basic membership. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. It, it starts with that, right. That's like the first layer of the cake. And then from there, it's like, okay, how can we stack on these other levels of service and provide higher value to those clients who are looking for it? So yeah, absolutely. That's the next step. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. And how many members are you currently serving? We have about 135 now, and that's kind of been the number that we've grown to and kind of are like trying to surpass, but it's been a little bit difficult with that, you know, so about 135. Okay. And difficult because the amount of people coming in the doors has slowed down, or are we kind of at a point where we're gaining some people on a monthly basis, maybe losing a couple people on a monthly basis. So it stays stagnant. Why is that number? Why are you kind of stuck at that number? You think? Um, I think it's a whole lot of things. I think, yes, we are losing some people to come in. We are not bringing enough people in just looking at the numbers. We're not doing what we um, have been doing historically. And I think a lot of it has to do with uh, you, me as an owner is um, taking responsibility for, okay. So it's like, we have a new trainer and he's not signing up people in the morning. I'm like, why aren't you signing up people? But um, we just, I just have to train the team a little better and spend more time for these things, um, put some systems in place for retention. So we just actually, um, I had a meeting yesterday with somebody from Grow. So we're implementing Push Press Grow. Oh, I don't think you're the Push Press people, huh? Uh, we're using a new software to get more marketing going. Um, okay. So yeah, we just don't have a good system to continuously hit up the leads that we're getting. Um, and we don't actually have a very good close rate as of now in the people that do come in. So um, a whole lot of things that we need to work on. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's um, typically five things within the business that you need systems in place for, right? The first one being lead generation, getting people in the doors. Then from there, it's like, okay, we need them to actually show up. That's another area where most businesses, not even just gyms, are lacking, right? The lead nurture systems to actually get people to walk in the doors. Right. And, you know, it's like every, every piece of this puts pressure on, on the next one, right? So it's like, you get the leads and then it's like, okay, now we need systems in place for lead nurture. And then it's like, once we get the people in the doors, then we need systems in place. We need to get really good at sales, right? Because we actually have to sell them into memberships. And then exactly. once they come in the doors, the next piece is retaining them, right? Fulfilling on that membership and retaining those memberships. And then from there, there's another level, which is ascension, right? So it's like, how can we now take these clients that we already have and provide higher levels of service for them and get them to spend more money with us, right? Because the people that you already have in the gym, your current clients are your greatest source of revenue. They've spent money with you before. They're more likely to spend money with you again, right? right? So it's like, how do we get them in the doors? How do we sell them into the memberships? How do we provide them the highest level of service that makes them want to stay forever? And then how do we provide even more value on top of that? So, you know, those are the things that are typically most important that need the most attention within the business to make it all work well. Right. So those are pretty much, yeah, the things that, you know, I, I think we're doing all those things kind of like not to the best of our abilities. So um, it's kind of exciting because I know that we can do a better job on all these fronts. So we do have room to grow for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, that's the nice thing is that, you know, there is room to grow. There are improvements that you can make. And it's like, you've gotten to this point and it's like, okay, now how do we take it to that next level, right? It's like, you have that base layer. Now, how do we improve, make even small tweaks in all of those areas to get to that next level? Awesome. Yeah. So now, where are you directing most of your time and attention in the gym right now? Like on the day to day, what does your day look like as the uh, owner? Right. So right now I, I wake up um, a little bit later than I used to, right? I don't have to coach the morning classes anymore because we hired a coach. Um, so I'll try to wake up before the last class is over so I could just debrief with the coach and um, give him a little bit of training and see what's going on with him. Um, so team development is a big one right now. Um, the next thing that I'm working on is is redoing our lead nurturing um, system. Uh, we we're we're purchasing a new software called Push Press Grow, which mm -hmm. has these like built-in texts and email automations and uh, whatnot that you can like hit up your leads if they don't reply to you or schedule. Uh, so I'm going to be working on that. I'm going to be working on a new like process to get the our coaches more comfortable with selling memberships and welcoming a free trial to our gym. Uh, so I'm kind of just optimizing everything. We're trying to systematize and optimize everything. Um, that we got going on um so that's what my time has been shifted um as of the past few months um because before when i was like the only coach i was just okay coaching classes hitting up the leads manually phone call whatever uh so it's definitely been a shift since i you know opened yeah right absolutely but that's good right it's good that you've gotten some um some team members some staff members in place to take some of the tasks off of your plate anyway, like those morning classes so that you can focus on things that move the needle more for the business. You know, whether that be training the staff or focusing on growth of the business, right? Because most coaches, most trainers, most gym owners get stuck in the business and then they're not able to work on the business, right? They're in the gym 16 hours a day. And then it's like, at that point, who wants to go home and try to work on what's coming next for the business, right? It's like you're completely burnt out at that point. So to be at this point and to already have been able to bring some people in to be able to help you out and, and step out a little bit is huge. Yeah. Um, I feel like with a lot of gym owners too, they, um, they love being trainers, but just because you love being a trainer, you're a great trainer might not mean you're a great business owner because you need all these different skills. So I think for people that like say they want to own a gym, like think about, it. do you really want to own a gym or do you just want to have a great gym that you can train people at? Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's a really good point. And that's something that I say all the time. You know, there's such a difference between being a trainer, being a coach and owning and running a business. Right. And there are so many things that come into play a lot of the time where, you know, people didn't even realize would come up or a lot of times they have a, a hard time kind of separating the the training from the business and the relationships that they have with their clients from the business side of things and get into situations where they're working crazy hours and really not making any money for the business right because yeah. a lot of times they'll cut deals or they'll charge less than they're worth or you know whatever it might be and they get into situations that aren't good business decisions um and it, it makes it really challenging to, at the end of the day, run the business, keep the doors open and actually do what it is that you started the business to do, which is help people usually. Um, yeah. But so many people kind of get hung up in that. So, you know, focusing from the start on the business side of things and separating the two 
is important. Yeah. Um, so I actually had a business coach and he was like, all right, Eric, you need to think about what the end of your business looks like and just yeah. work backwards about how to get there. So I'm like, okay, well, I know that I don't want to work eventually. So how do I just set this up so that it's profitable where I don't have to work? <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's fantastic advice, you know, um, because if you can get those systems in place now from the start, repeatable systems is really what gets the job done, right? It's like mm -hmm. so many gym owners, I like to call it the golden handcuffs, you know, they're handcuffed to their gym. They can never leave because if they leave, it crumbles. And that's not a situation that you want to be in. You know, not every, pretty much every gym owner that I know doesn't want to work 16 hours a day, six or seven days a week. You know, yeah. that's not ideal for anybody. It makes it very hard to have any type of life outside of the gym. So definitely a fantastic piece of advice there. Uh, now, what is one of the biz biggest challenges that you're facing within the business right now? Uh, it's probably myself. So after I'd say probably last like June, we, we got to a pretty good place with like a hundred members. Okay. We got a manager going on now. We got, you know, two coaches. So I kind of slacked off a little bit and just um, keeping myself disciplined. Cause once I found a little bit of comfort and success, I'm like, okay, let me take the foot off the gas a little bit. Let me sleep in a little bit longer. Let me go party. Let me go on vacation. So just keeping myself disciplined to do what I need to do every day. Um, is probably my biggest challenge because I know that I have the skills and the resources to get these things done. I just have to sit down and do it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And I was just actually talking to somebody a little bit earlier today about that same thing. You know, it's like it takes a while to get the business to where you want it to be, but it doesn't take a long time for it to go in the other direction. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like you constantly have to have your foot on the gas or your finger on the pulse of the business to make sure that everything is good to go. Always planning, always looking for what's coming next, you know, and it can be a lot. Yeah. I'm lucky that my team is, I actually got a very good team in a short amount of time. So I'm very like, I'm very lucky to have my team. Yeah, absolutely. How many trainers or coaches do you have? We have um four coaches one of them is like just once a week though she is the strongman person that does strongman on the weekends and just wants to be incorporated into what we're doing but she has a full-time job the other three have a good amount of hours that cover the rest of the shift so we have four coaches that are not uh, that are not me awesome awesome okay so now what is your big picture kind of ideal situation goal for the gym uh for this gym i want it to be um, pretty much just having these classes. Now, I want to expand the schedule a little bit, um, but I would love for it to just be a gym where um, people can come in and know that they're going to get a good workout and that they're going to be able to progress with their strength because in um, SF San Francisco Bay Area, there's a lot of like hit high intensity interval boot camp trainings. There's a lot of boutique, like bougie ass gyms. What, but I think in this area, there's not a good strength and conditioning program for the general population. So just having this here for people um, is what I want, but I don't want to have to work in this gym. Um, and I want it to be a community for new. So we have strongman training on the weekends, but I'm not like the strongest person. I'm not, I'm not like winning America's strongest man or anything. Um, so we're trying to get more people into strongman. So I would just like for us to be known as like a strongman, um, like introductory place to try strongman in case people want to be exposed to it. Um, yeah. So I, I want this gym to be, um, people will know that we do strength and conditioning it's going to be possible without me having to be here. And we're going to train beginner strongmans for competition. 
um, and that's pretty much it. I do want to get into making YouTube videos, which I kind of started. So maybe I can film some content in this gym after I get it all, you know, running on its own first. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. That takes a lot of time, the content filming, you know, and it can be challenging to do that when you're doing a lot of other things as well. Um, so now that basically starts with kind of expanding your reach and getting the word out there more to more people in the area. Um, do you do paid advertising to get the word out there? How do you get the word out there about what you do? Uh, we put up flyers. So we have a lot of walk, walk by traffic at our spot. Actually, I could, I could show you a little bit of, um, we have like, you know, it's oh, a busy yeah. street right outside. Mm -hmm. um, so we post, we post flyers that just old school marketing. We used to run Facebook ads um, through another marketing agency. Those were hitting pretty good in like 2020 to early 2021. Then cost per click was just going up. We weren't getting people to actually be able to come in when they say they're going to come in. So we mm -hmm. stopped that like last or earlier this year. Um, but now we're doing Google ads and that seems to be getting us a good amount of leads for pretty cheap. Mm -hmm. um, so in terms of paid advertising, Google ads seem to be where it's at for us right now anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and then besides that, just referrals. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I definitely, I'm a huge advocate for paid advertising. Um, you know, if you're not doing paid advertising, you're missing out on a huge amount of people for sure. Obviously you want to make sure that the return on investment is there, right. And you, you target properly and you've got the best converting offers running and things of that nature, uh, so that you're not just throwing your money out the window essentially. Um, but yeah, it's always important to have multiple poles in the water referrals, word of mouth, your flyers, the people that are walking by the, um, the paid advertising itself. So that if one thing tends to slow down, you know, the word of mouth referrals, walk by things of that nature aren't reliable, right? Some months you probably get five people in the doors. The next month you might get 10, who knows, right? The month after that, you might get none. Um, so having multiple poles in the water, different forms of advertising running at all times is huge to make sure that you're reaching the most people that you can. Um, so definitely like that. Uh, all right. So now one thing I was love to ask about is if you could provide a piece of advice to somebody who is considering going their own way, opening their own gym, doing their own thing, what would that be? What is one of the most important things or lessons that you've learned since you opened your gym? Um, I would say make sure that it is something that you want to do because uh, a lot of people, you know, think it's pretty cool opening a gym, but they don't know the headache and the responsibility that comes with it. So just make sure it's something you want to do and find a mentor, find someone that's done it first so they could just show you what they, you know, messed up on along the way. Um, Strength Camp is a bigger brand. They're based in Florida. So I paid them to teach me the ropes of opening a gym. It was like $15,000, but it was the best $15,000 I've spent because I would not be, you know, opening a gym this soon after graduating college if it wasn't for mentorship. Um, so yeah, just make sure you want to, you know you, what you want to do and find a mentor. Yes, 100%. Definitely agree with both of those things, um, especially the finding a mentor. You know, if you can find somebody who's been there and done it, it saves you a lot of time and it saves you a lot of money. You know, even if it is an initial investment, it definitely saves money, time, and a lot of frustration. You know, if yeah. you can use proven systems in your facility, it's like, why wouldn't you do that? So definitely agree. All right. So as we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? 
Um, Instagram, Strength Camp SF, that's our gym. Um, my personal Instagram is Coach Eric Hung. Uh, I think that's about the only social media platform that we're big on. Uh, we're not, we're not like huge, but that's where we post most frequently. We're on TikTok, Strength Camp SF, and uh, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. All right. Pretty straightforward. Simple to find you there. Awesome. So Eric from Strength Camp San Francisco in Daly City, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you, Bree. Absolutely. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you will be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show are Veronica and Chris from Iron Body Strength and Fitness out of Dingman's Ferry, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, guys. How are you today? We're good. 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 Excited to have you here. Um, Thank you for taking some time out of your day to kind of come give back to the fitness industry a little bit. We really appreciate that. Before we kind of dive into the business side, which is what we're here to talk about today, kind of give us a little bit of a brief background. What was it that made you guys decide to open up this fitness business? Um, well, I was I was always into lifting. Whether when I was younger, I did sports and it evolved around lifting, which made me want to keep pursuing that. I was always uh, in the gym all the time, and then started getting a little bit of equipment, especially prior to COVID. Uh, it, it seemed like you know it wasn't it became when COVID hit, it was just kind of, we started seeing equipment because we had to work out from home. It started finding good deals. And then it was just like, Hey, why, why not try to open actual gym and see how it goes. And then that's what led us to being where we're at now and growing. Awesome. I love it. So, um, tell me a little bit about the facility itself. I guess I could say, Give us like an elevator pitch of who you are, all the different services that you guys have to provide, really paint a picture for our listener here so they understand your business model since we're going to be talking about it today. Um, Okay, sure. Our gym is mostly, it's all hammer strength and light fitness equipment. So a lot of the, you know, the plate loader machines, some cable machines, we do have a whole cardio area as well. It is right now a... uh, two-story facility. So the bottom level is all the strength training. The top level is the cardio area. Okay. So realistically, this is more of a come in, get in your workout type facility. Anybody can utilize your services. Within that, do you guys offer group training, personal training, anything like that? Um, We do offer personal training. Um, My my wife and I both do the personal training. pretty much we schedule it by appointment and uh we usually try to do it by an hour session so we we both do that and we do have a couple of subcontract uh personal trainers that occasionally train as well 
Okay. So if you look at kind of the business, how much of your revenue would you say is coming from the personal training side of things or like what percentage of your revenue would you say is coming from that side of the business? Well, most of the revenue does come from the memberships. The uh, personal training, that's not a lot. Probably the percentage would only be maybe 10, 20% would be for personal training because it's really just, we don't have, a list of personal trainers. It's really just a couple of us that do that here. So maybe when we expand to our new facility, we we might get a few more personal trainers in to assist with doing personal training and bringing more of that in. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely smart thing to do with this business model to make personal training um, something that we kind of capitalize on. Because um, business-wise, we're going to bring in more revenue from personal training than we would um, a membership. You know, we can charge a little bit more. And for our clients, it's great for them because usually people have really specific goals. Um, maybe somebody is looking to get ready for a bodybuilding show, or maybe they're looking to lose a little bit of weight or gain a little bit of muscle, whatever it is. With personal training, we can give them that more direct approach that they need to make it happen. So it's kind of smart for both sides. Is it something that like, you guys would like to, if you had the resources, once you move into the new facility to really grow on that side of things. On the personal training. Yeah. I, I think when we get to the new facility, um, we'll probably try to grow the personal training side a little bit more. Um, and we're kind of, uh, restricted on space here as well. So it's kind of, uh, it'd be a lot better to have a bigger space and you, you could get more one-on-one -on -one without having to worry about um, it being like, it gets very busy here and you're kind of, you know, you're waiting a little bit to get on machines as of right now. And we're, we're hoping that when we get to that other space and we have more equipment and duplicate machines, like we'll have, um, it'll be, it'll, it'll give us more free time. And then it's a little easier to work on one-on-one -on -one with a client. So right now we try to do it when we're not, not, not during the busy times of the gym. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, so currently as the, the gym stands, how many square footage do you guys have? Uh, I believe it's 4,800 square feet. Okay. So you've got about 4,800 square feet and how many members do you guys house in there? Uh, probably are between 240 to 270 depends on the time of, uh, like summer. Time we're, of year. Yeah. Summer we were like 270 seems like after college kids leave, it goes back down to like 240. Okay. Is that, you know, being between 240, 270, is that a pretty comfortable spot for you guys? Or are you in a position where you would like to grow and take on more members? Um, I think we would like to take on more members, but uh, not in this facility, just because it, uh, it seems to, like I said, get very busy, especially those gym hours that people come around, like between 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., um, and I don't want it to get to the, or I know we both don't want it to get to the point where people are walking in the facility going, wow, it's very busy and then turning around and leaving. Yeah. So right now you're kind of in a position where space is a big issue. You have to kind of wait until the future move happens to really step on the gas. Right. Um, talk to me about some of the things that you guys have tried, um, you know, when you were growing, when you first got started, what have you done to get people in the front door? Well, there was a gym here in the space previously. 
So members that were part of that gym, they did come back to check it out and see the gym. But mainly we just did local advertising, like through Facebook, Instagram. Um, we really didn't have to do much advertising. It was a lot of word of mouth. And once people realized what type of gym it was, a lot of members came with the type of gym that we have. I think our location kind of helps a lot. I mean, we are, we're on a busy uh, road, a uh, busy route. And it also seems that there's no, like the closest gym to us is probably 35 minutes away in both directions. And it seems like we're about the same size as those gyms. And we all have a lot more to offer machine wise. So Okay. Um, so, you know, your location has kind of benefited you guys in terms of getting people in the door. You've relied heavily on word of mouth. And in this industry, we like word of mouth because it's completely free. So um, if we can kind of advertise through word of mouth, it's good. When it comes to scalability and predicting our growth, it's hard to predict how many new clients we're going to welcome every month through word of mouth. And as you move into a bigger building, are you guys going to look into any other methods to help you fill that space up? Yeah, I mean, I I know myself and uh, Veronica have both talked about how we wanted to advertise a little bit more. Um, like she had said that we we haven't really done too much with the advertising as of right now. But once we get into that other location, we've talked about uh, trying different methods to get our name out there, because at that point, we want as many members as we possibly can fit, if not more. Yeah. So what are some of the methods that you guys have kind of talked about? Well, we're definitely going to still utilize social media as much as possible, um, putting up a billboard sign in certain locations that uh, kind of have heavy traffic, um, go to local businesses with pamphlets and uh, kind of try to do it that way. Yeah, I think the first one that you touched on social media is huge in today's world, especially since 2020 we're living in a way more digital world. Um, everybody's spending way too much time on Facebook and on Instagram. So if we can hit them there, it's great for us. Talk to me about your current presence on social media. What does that look like? Is it organic? Do you guys do paid advertising? Um, what different methods do you utilize there? Uh, well, we have our Facebook page. We have our Instagram page. We are on Google um, run Yelp. So the, and the Google gives you the, like the breakdown of like how many people searched and what they search for like gyms in my area and stuff like that. So there's been a lot on that too, which is great. And pretty much just the Facebook page and the Instagram page. Uh, what we like to do, like with the Instagram, we have a lot of our members that will take either selfies, videos or whatever, and they tag our gym and then they'll share it in their story. And then we will share that in our story, which helps like their friends see and go, oh, that's that's where you could lift. And oh, that's a nice gym. And where are you at kind of thing? And it kind of gets people to see more like people that don't know about us that maybe are friends with someone that is a member kind of or or follows somebody to come in the door. Yeah, I think um, with with that effort, we're able to reach kind of the people that are looking for us, the people that know that we exist with the Google, like um, Veronica mentioned, having that presence on Google um, and 
you know, having that presence on Facebook, having followers, um, they're eventually going to come in, they're eventually going to bite and decide to, you know, try our facilities, um, something that we post will resonate with them and get them in the door. Um, and I, I personally like that's how I grew my facility was Facebook, just having a presence on Facebook. We really relied heavily on advertising in our area because of our location. Like we're more in a like business warehouse type space um, and nobody really knows it's there. So we have to rely heavily on, you know, just putting ads out to our community and let letting people know that we exist. Um, next question that I have for you guys is like, what would you consider to be the biggest business related bottleneck? And what are you guys doing to actively work on kind of overcoming that? That's our space. Definitely. As we mentioned, uh, it does get a little crowded in here, but pretty much, I mean, that's about it. We've had We've had good reviews. I mean, we have our website. You can see the reviews there. We ask for feedback from our members. They send us all, you know, they always give us recommendations. What's this equipment? What's this, that equipment? And we always say, you know, we'll take it into consideration probably in the new space where we have the space, but it's mostly just the space. It's, that's yeah. impressive. That's impressive that that's really your only challenge because, you know, I talk to fitness business people all the time and, um, you know, the biggest, there's always tons of bottlenecks, but, um, most people have a lot more that they run into. So to kind of contrast that question, what does the future look like for you guys? I mean, what are some of the big goals that you're chasing over the next few years? Well, definitely the the biggest goal for us is to provide, like we were saying, and we're going to probably say a couple of times, uh, that bigger space. Um, I think when we get to the bigger space, because um, it's going to be more than double what we have now. Um, I mean, we'll, we have more equipment that's uh, different from what we have down now. And then we also have duplicate stuff. So it would definitely help for people either waiting right now for something to be used during those busy hours. Um, it, it would free up that. So because of the duplicate machines and it'll also bring our members that we have uh, more stuff to use during their workouts. So this, the space thing is definitely going to be a game changer for us. Um, and then hopefully really, really near future. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about, you know, that, uh, realistically, how soon is that something that you think will happen for you guys, the transition into the new space? We're hoping, we're hoping as early as the spring and the latest as this summer. Okay. So between now and then, what do you guys do to really prepare yourself for that move? Obviously, bigger space, it's going to cost more money, you're going to have more expenses. So what can you guys do to really prepare for that? Well, right now, we definitely keep advertising more and more on the social media to kind of uh, like I said, you don't, we don't want to do it too much where we have so many people coming in and then losing members because it's too busy. But at the same time, as we're, as we're getting closer and closer to that, we're hoping that we keep the numbers going up, especially in the winter where it seems like, you know, not as many people go to the gym as much as the dead of the summer. So we don't want to see a dip in memberships. And, um, 
we were trying to just pretty much, I guess, start advertising more to get people in and also talk about it more between the members that we speak to on a daily basis about things. So like they keep get word of mouth gets around and people know that, it, hey, it might be kind of tight in here now, but the machines are nice and the atmosphere is nice, but hey, they're trying their best to get people to, or to get us more space and get us more equipment. Yep. Uh, I think just like being able to focus on those things and, and your understanding too, that like, we have to continuously advertise and get new faces in because there's always going to be some people leaving. And so we want to make sure that we go into this new space with a really solid base of clients, members um, to really kick things off. Um, are you guys, once you get the new facility, are you looking to offer any additional services on top of what you already offer? Uh, well, we'll probably advertise a little bit more into the personal training. Um, we'll probably have, we, we've talked about having a supplement bar. Um, we've, uh, we're going to have, like, we encourage competitors to kind of come like bodybuilding competitors, physique and all that women's bikini. So we'll have like a posing room for those competitors to have their privacy, to practice their poses. And we're, we're going to try to offer a more variety of cardio equipment um, than we have now. Okay. So realistically, kind of similar focus to now, but just increasing the amount of, um, of personal training, clients, trainers, things like that. Um, and, you know, magic wand situation, like five, 10 years down the road, what do you see the business looking like at that point? I mean, as much as I hope, I think the business will be thriving still and doing very well. Um, I think this area that we're in, in Dingman's Ferry needs a gym. And uh, it so far has in the past about a year and a half to almost two years has done very well. And I hope that it keeps doing well. And I, I could see that it's going to keep doing good, at least from my point of view, it looks like. Yeah, definitely. I'm excited to see how things are able to kind of grow and evolve for you. Final question. What is the social media? What's the Facebook page? Where can our listeners go if they're interested in following along for your journey? So our Facebook page um, is just Iron Body Strength and Fitness. You could find us there. Um, it has our logo and everything on the Facebook. We usually try to post uh things every now and then um our instagram is more uh i want to say up to date where things seem to be posted daily on it which that would be iron underscore body 21 and you would see our logo again and we typically like if we get new machines or something like that um we'll post on that and then as i stated earlier that people will tag us in the Instagram and we will share that story on our page. And it kind of keeps it fun for people to kind of, you know, how in the gym people post videos, take pictures, feel good about themselves. And then we try to, we kind of try to encourage it too while we're here. So when, you know, we see Hey, I saw that post you're looking good, you know, keep it up, hard work and stuff like that kind of feel makes our members feel pretty good about themselves. Absolutely. I definitely agree with you. Um, I think it makes a difference when we show off our members um, on our social media, share the things that they're sharing um, 
about us. It is definitely a great tool um, that we can really utilize to help our members want to stick around. Um, so thank you for being here today, Chris, for, and for listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. We'll be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with Andrew from BioFit in St. Louis, Missouri. What's up, Andrew? How are you today? I'm good, Bree. How are you today? Doing well. Thank you for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. I appreciate the invitation. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? What's the backstory there? Okay. Um, well, well, uh, frankly, I, I did not found this, uh, this gym. Um, a good friend and my business partner, John Zarbach did. Uh, he founded this uh, company, uh, initially in 2016 is when he started his personal training business and it transformed into what we do now, which is leverage um, ARX technology, among other um, kind of revolutionary um, tech technologically sophisticated uh, fitness equipment. Um, and so when, when he moved into that um, realm in December 2018, uh, we rebranded as BioFit. Now, uh, with that said, I actually was one of his first few clients. So um, we may it may, may be worth diving into at some point in this uh, conversation what ARX technology is and what what differentiates it from a, from from most other fitness facilities in the country. But uh, nevertheless, uh, when he bought this equipment and built his business around adaptive resistance technology, um, he basically started anew. And I was one of his first five clients. Um, and then fast forward about a oops, I apologize. I should have silenced my phone. Um, fast forward about a year and a half later uh, into March of 2020 when COVID hit. Um, John is in the military and he had uh, he had served 15 years in full as a full-time active duty and then he had gone down into the National Guard part-time to pursue his passion and uh, which was to open a personal training uh, business. And so, uh, that being said, when COVID hit, he was pulled back in full time and uh, having the relationship that we had and uh, me being one of his most senior, uh, tenured clients, he asked me to 
to help train his clientele while he went on a brief deployment because no one knew how long COVID was going to last. And then right. um, six months later, uh, he was uh, pulled back in for the final two years of his um, of his military uh, commitment. Uh, so he is actually overseas right now. So uh, in early last year, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, we partnered up. And so as opposed to going to work for him, I, I made... Um, I proposed that we arrange a situation in which we split ownership and not worry about how much I make, but instead let's build the business together. And so that's where we stand. So, right. um, but I got into it because I love it. I believe in it. Um, and um, it's, it's, it's a, it's an incredibly inspiring and rewarding experience to make a career out of helping other people uh, improve their lives. Yes, um, absolutely. So walk us through your business model and how it works, what you do in the gym and how you structure things within the facility itself. Okay, so we are an appointment-based facility um, and we take up to four appointments per half hour currently. Um, so we are, it's not one-on-one -on -one personal training per se, mm -hmm. although it can be if I don't have any other appointments in that half hour time slot, um, but we take a maximum of four. We leverage um, ARX technology. So um, if for anybody who's not uh, familiar, um, it will blow your mind, but you can see it at uh, www.arxfit.com. Stands for Adaptive Resistance Exercise. Um, these are highly sophisticated machines that allow you uh, to set a range of motion for any exercise specific to an individual. So let's say a bench press, you would start it here and you would end it here. And the machine allows you uh, to be at 100% exertion at every last square inch of the movement going forward and then resisting on the way back. So um, it's essentially like a magic barbell that somehow knew what your maximum potential power output was at every point going upward. And and then on the way back down, imagine if you actually had to resist it with everything you could to prevent it from crushing you. And that's just on, on a bench press example, but that goes for any exercise imaginable. Um, the technology is unbelievable and, and it will bring you to momentary muscle failure in a matter of a minute to a minute and a half at most in any exercise. Um, with that said, it's very expensive. Um, you know, the, it, it rivals the price of most new cars for one machine and we own six of them. So... Um, with, so we build our model around those six machines. So I have two of them dedicated to one side of the facility, which is for um, clientele that are more experienced and they can do it themselves after two or three months of facilitation under my guidance or one of my uh, employees. Um, and then on the primary side of the business, I've got four machines kind of in one, in one main room. So I can, I can cover um, all four, right? I can kind of float from one to the next to the next and take four people. So I'm still building their workout programs and uh, setting up the exercises and creating the, the routine that they're going through day by day. However, I'm not there like necessarily clapping them on per se, right? So um, I can I can set one person up, float around. And so, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a one-on-one -on -one to a one-on-four situation. Sometimes there's two of us working at one time, but um, so yeah, that, that's the model that we roll, we roll with, uh, we're open 6am to 7pm. Um, so, uh, it allows us to fill our schedule pretty vastly when we can take up to eight appointments per hour. Um, mm -hmm. and, and, um, but it is an appointment-based facility, right? So you have to be on the schedule. Um, and what that does is it'll, it creates a feeling of, um, intimacy and personal Ability, right? Um, so you're um, when you come into our facility, 
you have a dedicated uh, 30 minutes to and, and to and a machine dedicated to you, right? So you're going to get through your workout in and out the door in 30 minutes every single time. Um, so we cater to time conscious, busy professionals, essentially people who don't right. have the time to go to the gym every single day or don't want to, or don't know how to do it or all of the above. Right. So mm -hmm. that's the business model that we go by and that's who we market to. And that's who our loyal customers are. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was my first thought. You know, when you started explaining how everything works was it sounds like shorter amounts of time for workouts, right? So in and out, same effectiveness, if not more effectiveness than, you know, typical weightlifting, but in a shorter period of time, which for busy professionals is exactly what they're looking for typically. So that's perfect. You, got, you, you nailed it. Yeah. So um, how many clients or members are you currently serving? Uh, so currently we're billing about 120 or so. Mm -hmm. um, now, with that said, a lot of we do couples packages. I also have group packages. So uh, the number of invoices that I have on a monthly basis, because that's how we charge is once a month. Um, but uh, it doesn't represent the total number of people actually utilizing the equipment. We probably got about 150 people coming through here on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and we've got room to double. Uh, so I'd say we're, we're, we're just under 50% capacity based on our current operating business hours. Okay. So as far as billing goes and the way that you charge for memberships, are you doing month to month or are they committing to a certain amount of time, whether it be six months, 12 months? How do you structure that? We are month to month. Um, we don't believe in contracts and um, for varying reasons. Um, with that said, we recently did... Uh, initiate a three-month minimum. So in order to become a BioFit member, we require three months up front. Um, as, I, as we've gotten larger and we've, we've now you know, got a, a clientele base that um, is growing, we can start really seeing, I mean, with any business, especially in this industry, you're going to have attrition, you're going to have turnover, right? And so um, we started this business out with, like I said, I was one of the first five clients. So it's hard to really get a gauge on data and analytics and things like that. Now that we have it, uh, we realize that a majority of the members that weren't, that we were losing, and it's not a lot, we really have a high, we have a very respectable retention rate, but you're going to have it. Um, and they, they were, they tended to be three months or less. And um, so I initiated a three month minimum um, earlier this year. And that wasn't out of, out of professional or business greed necessarily at, by any means. Um, but what you realize is you have to, we, we, we need to, we need to better choose our clientele. We need to be more selective with it. Right. Um, and furthermore, um, if any one person is unwilling to commit to three months in a fitness program or a nutrition program, any health and wellness program, mm -hmm. you can't reasonably expect to see results, right? So exactly. you got it. So, you, so you're investing in yourself upfront uh, after that first three months, uh, then we initiate once a month billing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, industry average is three to six months for lifetime of a client, um, which is not a long time, right? And like you just touched on, as far as getting results, we know that they can't just commit for a couple of weeks or a month or even two months and expect to get where they want to be. And let's be real, it's a lifestyle, right? It's something that they have to continuously do to continuously that's, make progress. So it's so well said, so well yeah. said, you know, and that's what I say. If someone comes in and says, I want to lose 30 pounds in 30 or 60 days for my wedding or whatever it may be, 
That's not what we do. Now right. we can help you lose that, but that's, it's not, we, we, we're all about sustainable lifelong changes. And so uh, the get rich quick scheme or the lose weight quick scheme or whatever it may be, um, that's not our, that's not what we do. And there are people that do that. And so you probably should find somewhere else to go with all due respect. And so, um, yeah, so um, now our clientele um, retention rate is, is, is much higher than the three to six month average. Um, but um I've learned that that weeding out those who may be skeptical or may have short-term goals and no long-term um, commitment, or who may be financially in a situation where we're on the cusp of whether they can afford it. Mm -hmm. um, if they, if you know, and if that's a situation, I respect that. But at the same time, it's not worth your money to come in here for one month and then to back out. You might as well save your money and put it elsewhere, you know. And so, um, so you know, we want to make sure that we're that we're so that we're that we're screening our clientele base to make sure it's the right fit for both them for us and us for them. Right. And in the early going as a startup business, I'm sure many people listening can relate. You, you kind of are desperate for customers. And so you're used to maybe you start with low pricing and you'll take people and you'll, 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 you know, you'll make arrangements and, you know, do things right. like whatever you can do to get people in the door. Well, mm -hmm. we're well beyond that. So at this point now it's about making sure that we're the right fit for the customer and the customer is the right fit for us. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. It's important to keep in mind that you're not for everybody. Right. And like you said, a lot of people, especially in the beginning, do get caught up in wanting to serve everybody just because they want people in the doors. Right. But that's not necessarily something that's sustainable over time. And it also makes it really hard to target when we're talking about marketing and reaching the right people. You know, if we're casting a really wide net, it becomes really hard to speak to a large group of people as opposed to, you know, your busy professionals, like you were talking about, you know, if you really define who it is that you're speaking to within your marketing, it becomes a lot easier to put ads out there or create content around that, as opposed to just casting that really wide net. Absolutely. And so along those lines, as far as the marketing piece goes, marketing, advertising, how are you approaching that? How are you getting the word out there about what it is that you do to get more people in the doors? Well, in complete honesty, um, the amount of money we've invested in marketing has been minimal from the get-go. Mm -hmm. It's been pretty amazing, but we've, we've grown organically through, um, through word of mouth. And, you know, and honestly, it all started with uh, when John reached out to me he sent out 100 or 150 Facebook messages to his own personal network. And I was one of three people who actually came in and he said, you know, you have to try this equipment. I haven't talked to you in 15 years. I would really appreciate it. I'm not asking for your money. Um, and I came in and to this day, he, you know, that's paid off for both of us. Um, right. But so it started out with his network. And then once I got it, and then of course, then those people's networks, right? As spiders web, webs out. And uh, when I came into the picture, um, uh, and, and partnered up with him, I then was able to leverage my network. And so um, with that said, you know, that only that does have its limitations, um, mm -hmm. but it's free. And so um, so word of mouth has been our biggest driver. And I truly believe that it always will be. We're not a big box gym. I can't take 10,000 members and I'm not selling $10 a month memberships. And so it's not about quantity. Uh, per se, but we we certainly have our quota that we would like to meet and our maximums. And um, so now, and uh, especially in the last about six months, we've we've find, we've started investing. So uh, we've brought in a third uh, uh, partner actually 
um, who is a uh, digital marketing expert and uh, who's been building websites and working on the internet since it, essentially I was a baby, right? And so from the from the the, the from the early days of computers and um, and now he works especially uh, he works in the LinkedIn world and we've also got a couple of others. So we're starting to branch out in the social media world more so. Um, and we're working on building up our company profile as opposed to utilizing my personal and John's personal and our employees' personal networks to try to get things going. And so, um, so um, thus far, we have we still have not invested a ton in the marketing realm. Mm -hmm. um, but we we just actually had a film crew in here yesterday, um, uh, and they uh, they shot about four hours that they're um, editing down into like the seven to 15 second clips that have now become big in the social media world. Um, last year we did pay a production company to do some extended videos, more like a storytelling thing, mm -hmm. but especially in today's day and age of TikTok and Facebook's now got the reels and, you know, the attention span for, uh, for the average, uh, social media follower is seven to 13 seconds that we see now. So, right. so actually, I'm, so I, I'm anxiously awaiting the results and the final edited, uh, clips there. Um, and, and so, yeah, but we're rolling out, uh, a, 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 we're in the process of rolling out a very, uh, calculated, um, scheduled, uh, social media plan that encompasses, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube and Google, my business are the four platforms where we're, and then LinkedIn, of course. So those five. Right. Okay. And yeah, I mean, when you talk about advertising and a budget for advertising and making sure that it makes sense. A lot of times, which I don't think that this would be the case for you, because from what I'm gathering, it sounds like you have a higher ticket uh, price point just on a, a regular monthly basis. But what usually happens is when people get into spending money on advertising, whether it be through ad campaigns on Facebook, Instagram, Google, whatever it might be, whichever platform they're using, typically they're running a low barrier offer. Right. So whether it be a free class or a free week, free two weeks sometimes, which is crazy to me because then you're working for free for two weeks. But that's another conversation. Uh, and then what ends up happening is that gym owners are spending money to acquire clients. They're coming in, putting nothing down on day one or they're rolling into some type of membership where they're not really paying all that much on a monthly basis. They're sticking around for three to six months, maybe. And then they're never actually paying for the cost of acquiring that client on day one. Sure. So then it's, it doesn't make sense for them to continuously feed money into the advertising and get nothing in return. And then a lot of times You're people just write off advertising as not working or, or that doesn't do anything for their business. So I'm not a huge fan of low barrier offers. I'm a huge fan of high ticket front end offers. Um, for many reasons, you know, because people are coming in, they're paying for themselves on day one. And then people who pay, pay attention. So if somebody's spending money with you on day one, chances are they're going to show up. They're going to come to class. They're going to follow along with, you know, whatever plan it is that you have for them to actually get them to where they want to be, to where they need to be. They're going to get better results. And then results are what make people stick around for long periods of time. Um, but that's kind yeah, of the whole marketing conundrum that people end up. It, in. And it depends, it depends on your business, you know, and so, but 
we 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 truly believe that we want we position ourselves and we want to position ourselves as a premium service mm -hmm. because we are right and we believe that and we know that we provide we help uh, our clientele achieve results and um, we want serious clientele and so. Um, mm -hmm you know, battling for price, like trying to be the lowest price offer to try to outbeat outcome, but then we're not going to bring in the clientele base that we're looking for because um, it's, it's not, again, it's not about professional greed, although obviously any business is out there to make money, but what we're here, what we're looking for are people who, uh, who understand, who are already in the mindset that they are willing to spend their money on their own temple, on their health, right? right. Um, and so I, I've had I've had demos with people who who will gawk at the price of our membership, and then I watch them drive away in a BMW that they're probably making a six hundred dollar a month payment on. So that's what's what, and we're not six hundred dollars a month. Don't we're we're right. much less than that. But but the point is is that um, by establishing our establishing ourselves as a premium service in the industry, uh, we weed out uh, people who maybe more price conscious um, and there's nothing wrong with being frugal and being smart with your money but we believe that the best way to spend your money is investing in your own health because what good are all the other things in life if you're not if you're not around long enough to enjoy them right absolutely i completely agree there's also something that goes along with uh perceived value you know things that cost more typically are seen as more valuable and in most cases they are right? It's like the old thing, you get what you pay for is very true in, in a lot of cases. So that's important too. But a lot of, a lot of personal trainers, a lot of gym owners have trouble putting a price point on the value that they're providing, right? It's hard for you to put a price point on yourself and the services that you're providing. But it's like, at the end of the day, like you said, there's no better investment than investing in yourself and your health and your well-being. Sure. And I can be, I'll be forthcoming. Our, we charge $40 a session, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm at $160 a month for once a week and your sessions, you're in here for half an hour and you will literally be under tension, actually exercising for eight to 10 minutes at most. So if you want to break it down, $160 a month is what you're paying for literally maybe 30 minutes of exercise, mm -hmm. but you're not paying for how much you're not paying for the time that you're exercising. You're paying for the time that you're saving uh, and right. be able to do elsewhere because um we assure you, like you will get results when you look, when you, under, if you understand the science of the body, which we teach, right. And how the body optimizes itself. And you understand how to properly strength train and bring yourself to momentary muscle failure so that the body actually has the adaptive response that you're seeking for uh, it to have uh, in which it rebuilds itself bigger and stronger, all these things. You don't need to go to the gym three, four or five days a week. I'm not saying I'm going to build you up to be a bodybuilder. That's that, right. you know, we're, we're, we're going, we're our clientele are everyday Joes who are, who once a week adequately strength training and breaking down every major muscle group in the body will give them results. Um, not just physical, but mental, spiritual, emotional. It's, it's, it's the whole realm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And for that, uh, to see, to, to see the progress that our clientele, uh, our clientele base may, will make. And I myself have made and, um, in a matter of just minutes a week, it'll blow your mind. So, uh, with that said, we do offer free demos, uh, full free week of demos. The first seven days are free. We want people to come in and experience it for firsthand, um, what we do. And mm -hmm. because there's no way that I could explain to anyone out there, uh, and I, we still don't have a two minute elevator pitch that will have people knocking on our doors. <laughs> right. But once you sit in our, uh, down in our studio, you talk to us and you walk through one of these, uh, walk through a demo and three, four, maybe five exercises, 
it, you know, our, our success rate and closing rate is in, is in the ballpark of 75 to 80%. And mm -hmm. it's not because we're tremendous. Um, although I like to think that we're very personable and the sales, our sales abilities and our personal abilities and our genuine passion for it is, is a selling point. But at right. the end of the day, um, you, it's just like a car. I mean, the car, the car salesman may be good, but once you drive that car and you step on it and you get out on the highway and you take a corner real hard and it's for performance, like that's what's good. That's when you're going to buy the car. And it's the same thing here. We want people to test drive it. So we do do free demos. Um, and the worst case scenario is if it's not for them, I still guarantee they're going to tell somebody about the experience. And so mm -hmm. um, that, that, that's yeah. the model coming for a free demo. And that's our ultimate goal from a marketing, our challenge from a marketing perspective is how do we get people in the doors to demo our equipment. And that's, you know, that, that, and that's our ultimate goal. Everything we do from building our website to, to positioning our marketing um, and uh, strategizing, et cetera, is all engineered and all designed with the end goal of get people in the doors for demos. Because if we right. get them in for a demo, there's a three and four chance that they're going to become gonna a client it. and they mm -hmm. pay it, they pay a nice monthly amount and oh, month over month over month, one client adds up to a lot. So, right. um, yeah, so um, that's 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 the that's our that's our approach and uh it's it's grown us thus far uh we survived through COVID I think that's part of what you were wanting to touch on in this podcast um mm -hmm. but so I'll let you take it over here I could I I'm just cut <laughs> yeah. me off if I talk too much <laughs> no you're good you're good uh so where are you directing most of your time and attention in the business right now what's the main focus for you so right now it's marketing um, and um, and operations. So you know, one of the challenges I I just brought on an intern um, that I work with the local high school, and I bring in uh, I bring in one intern a semester to help around here where they can learn about um, exercise science, kinesiology, and uh, et cetera, et cetera, business. Um, and so I was talking to her today actually because she came in and I had to get some things done. For, so for fifteen minutes, I was like, just sit next to me and ask me any questions while I type away. And, uh, the point of that is that in a small business, you, you have to wear so many hats. You know, we don't have the we don't have the budget yet to afford the most expensive um, aspect of running a business, which is labor. Right. So I have one full time employee and and, um, um, and I have some part time here and there. But at the end of the day, for every dollar that we pay to our staffing is less money that we can pay to ourselves. And so um, so I'm all over the place. I, I facilitate uh, client sessions all day long. Um, my employee, that's her primary job. And so uh, she's our operations manager and head trainer. So, but um, still being the owner of the business, I can't just be hiding out in an office typing away. Like I, I need to be out on the floor with our clientele. So uh, at least 50% of my time is spent interacting with clientele. So I would call it retention, right? And mm -hmm. um but um, and in the operations side, but uh, the rest of my time is split between marketing, um, crunching numbers, uh, you know, and um, but ultimately everything is always kind of in my mind is about dollar signs. So I'm always I'm all, you know, it's it's revenue and expenses, revenue, and expenses, revenue, and expenses. And so um, so uh, marketing is right now our primary concern. And the challenge with that, as you touched on, is that, you know, Marketing costs money, so you have to spend money to get to make money. And um, yeah, and so if you looked at the, if you saw the the capital expenditures necessary to 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 open this business, um, we've got a lot invested. And so at this mm -hmm. point, where it's all about just monitoring cash flow and and figuring out how much extra can we afford to 
pump towards marketing because right. there's, there's a lot of things where you can drop two, three, four, five, ten 10 grand on that will turn results, but you have to have that to spend. Right. Yeah. It's uh, when you get to a certain point, it's like really, really trying to determine where you put your time, your attention, your funds that you have available to get the highest return on investment. And that can be challenging when you're kind of at that tipping point of growth, you know, and it's also challenging when you're the business owner and you're wearing all of the hats, right? And, and trying to do everything on a daily basis, it makes it hard to step back and be able to focus more time and attention on the actual growth of the business. So a lot of gym owners kind of get caught up in that situation and end up remaining stagnant for a little bit, trying to get over that ledge to the, to the next level essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to, I'll note that, um, my business partner, John Zarbach, who founded the company and, uh, he's deployed in Kuwait. And so he's, on a, he's been there for nine months and he's got three months left in his deployment. So, um, so with that said, I, I wear a lot more hats right now than, than I will be in a month, or at least I'll have the, you know, a shared responsibility with it. And, uh, my employee is great, but she's tied up mostly with our clientele base, you know, mm-hmm. facilitating appointments all day long. And, um, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, you, it's, yeah, that's the challenge and in, in, in the early going is, um, and, uh, what, but I will say that what I've learned in this process, um, is like even operating a break-even business is in my eyes, the success, you know, we've got, we've got, um, we've got staff who are making a good living. We've got 150 people coming through here who are enjoying better lives and we're not losing money. So like in my eyes, that is a successful business now is not where I want it to be. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, and we've reached, you know, but any startup, it takes you know, what an average three years for a startup to really become profitable. And that's right around where we're at the three-year mark. And so, um, but um, I, I do consider it a success and I'm proud to be um, operating at the level that we are right now, especially given that we start, that we, op- that we began this company right before COVID. Right. And so, um, but I, we have, but from, from a business perspective, I absolutely, we want to be much more profitable. So right now I dedicate almost all of my time to trying to figure out how can we generate the most profit at the, with, by, with the least amount of time and money invested in order to do so. Right. And again, that right. really the easiest and cheapest way is word of mouth and referrals, right? So um, it's nurturing our current clientele base and they all know people, right? So I'm trying, trying to find ways to incentivize them to bring people in. Um, but yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's a grind, but it it's, is. but, yes. but if, but if you love what, but if you love what you do, the stress levels of owning your own business are not anything like working for somebody else and being somewhere you don't want to be. And I spent, you know, eight, nine years in corporate, in the corporate world and I learned a ton and I don't regret it, but I couldn't possibly imagine myself going back to that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now one thing that I always like to ask about toward the end here, if you could provide a piece of advice or the biggest lesson that you've learned throughout your time in owning a gym, what would that be? Or what's one of the most important things that you've learned throughout your time in owning a gym? There typically are many, but what sticks out to you the most? Yeah, I had a feeling that question was coming and I really didn't, um, I really didn't preemptively uh, come up with the great answer for you, but um, passion, uh, and sells itself. People, people recognize, uh, genuineness 
right? Yes. And so, um, so while we do have this incredible technology that can be found elsewhere, nowhere else in the state of Missouri, um, you can, you know, we can go to Chicago, Nashville, the closest that you'll find Eric's equipment. And we have a lot of other equipment, but again, this isn't about the, the fitness side of things, but more of the business side of things. But um, people are still here because of, of us and the environment that we've built and the community that we've built in the business. And so, um, and I know that um, because we, the location that I'm at is actually our second location and we kept our first location open. Uh, right as my business partner de deployed, we had an we expanded and we decided to make our original location a do-it-yourself facility um, mm -hmm. and try to keep it for the for the 12 months that he was deployed so we can come back and operate two of them. And um, for a lot of reasons, it was in downtown St. Louis, which is a really tough market, crime, et cetera, et cetera. But um, at the end of the day, that, faci that facility was is what allowed us to get to the points of success that we were at when we moved into this new location. And by within about six months, um, the clientele base that we had doing it themselves, they kind of all just fell off, right? They had the same exact equipment and the same exact uh, resources available to them there, and they didn't go, right? Mm -hmm. And whereas here, nobody ever misses an appointment. And so, um, and I get it from clientele over and over and over again that like they're amazed that they don't they don't dread coming here. It's the first fitness fitness experience in 20, 30 years of trying everything that I actually like coming to. And so, um, now that in a lot of, that, and that, that, that is a testament to the people and to, and to the culture and the environment you've built. So, um, you know, I, I would just advise anybody to, to, um, be genuine and be, be honest and, um, be passionate. And if you're not passionate about it, maybe it's not the right thing for you, but right. I would imagine most people who are in the, who are, who own gyms or fitness facilities or anything in the health and wellness industry, they do so because they have a passion for it. And if you, and if you show that, and if people can see that, then you will have an opportunity to show what you can do. But if you come across as a gimmicky, or if you're marketing to the wrong people that you don't relate to, or that the product may not be the best for just for the dollar signs, you're probably going to struggle. I would think of more so than, um, you know, just being yourself and people can read that and, and it's contagious. And so I think that's why we have such a good closing rate and why we have such high retention rates because we are passionate about it. We believe in it. We live it. And, um, and, you know, before long they start, they, they start understanding why. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, people can sense that, you know, it's like even throughout the sales process, which is something that comes up often with gym owners is that they're afraid of sales or they say that they're not a salesperson or anything along those lines. But to me, it's like, if you're passionate about what you're doing and you know that you can help this person get from where they are to where they want to be, become healthier, improve their life, it's not really a sale, right? And if we look at it as, as it is, sales is a transference of belief. Right. So it's like, if you are truly passionate about what you do, you truly believe in what you do, you know, that you're going to be able to help this person. It's not really a sale, right? Like that comes across naturally. And that is huge as far as growing a business, sustaining a business, creating that community aspect that people want to be a part of, right? People don't want to just go work out. They want to be a part of something. Uh, and if they actually look forward to going to the gym, then that's the best case scenario. So that's huge. 100%, 100%, right? So, and I don't look at anything as sales. I, I really don't. I hate looking at it from that perspective. And 
my background in the corporate world was in sales more or less. And, mm -hmm. um, and so you were, you know, you were selling something that you, you were getting paid to sell, right. And it was somebody else's product. And, um, and so it's a totally different experience there by then, then when it's, you know, when it's something that you love and, you know, and, and, um, and again, like you said, people come in, people are coming in here. They, the, the sales part, the hardest part of the sales is attracting someone's attention, right? And it's, mm -hmm. But the, you've already got it when they're, if they're even just starting to inquire, if they're looking at your website, right? Um, and so in, in this industry, you know, if people, they, people are there because they are looking for help, right? To be healthier, to be fitter, right. to whatever, whatever the, their struggle within the health and wellness or fitness world is, they've already, they're already there. So you don't have to sell anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Gauge what they need. Um, listen to listen to how they're living their life currently. And if you know what you're doing and um, then you, you'll know pretty quickly whether or not you can help them. And there are times when when we will then when I will very openly tell someone that this may not be the best option for you, but here's somebody who is right, right? or you know, and, and a great example, people come in the doors to so many people come to a personal trainer or a gym fitness facility looking to lose weight. Well, you know, you can work out all you want, but if you don't change the way that you're eating and the way and what you're putting in your body, then mm -hmm. you're, you're going to be really disappointed with how much weight you can lose strictly by working out. Right. You, it's not about active calorie burn. It's about having, it's about changing the composition of your body by what you put on it. So um, there, so we, you know, there's times where I'll refer someone to a nutritionist that, that we work closely with before they ever start with us. And, mm -hmm. um, so it's just about being honest with your clientele base. They'll see that and, or with your potential, your potential sale. Right. And, um, right. be honest, be genuine, be passionate, listen, and, um, and respond accordingly and, and make sure that it's the right match for both of you. And, and mm -hmm. then, then the dollar, and I've found that when you do that, the dollars will come and um the dollars won't run away either after two or three months right yes absolutely awesome all right so as we start to wrap up here where can the listeners find you on social media uh yeah we are uh biofit stl on facebook and instagram uh you can find us on linkedin as well uh all of these links are on our website at www.biofitstl.com um, and, uh, we also have YouTube pages and, uh, Google my workspace. Um, so I'm sorry, Google my business. So obviously I don't do all the social media, right. So, <laughs> but, um, but, um, yeah, so we're, we're out there, uh, we're in the St. Louis area. St. Louis is a pretty small town. So if you're around here, you know, that you can get anywhere from point A to point B in 20 minutes and it's not Chicago or New York or LA. Right. So, um, so we have people from all around the St. Louis area who come in here, um, and we know, um, we've got, um, plenty of contacts outside the St. Louis area who, who have similar business models that we do and leverage the same technology that we do and offer the same results that we do. And so, um, I, I'm happy to take any inquiries, even if you're not from the St. Louis area. So. Perfect. All righty. Sounds good. So Andrew from BioFit in St. Louis, Missouri, thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been great having you on the show. Thank you very much. Wonderful to meet you. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. To all the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we will catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.